Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand entrepreneur show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Grace Lancer. But I truly believe that when you build such a powerful brand that shows off what you do, that you have this ultimate passion for your services, and that comes across in the way you market yourself online, and you are also able to deliver these transformational results that your clients want, the money then comes after. And you you hear of so many people who chase a business idea because they really want to be rich. And then a few months down the line, you know, it's like, oh, where's this person gone? Because if you want a long-term sustainable business, you have to have a passion for what you do. You have to love what you do. Hi there and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I speak with incredible people who share their secrets to building, marketing and monetizing your expertise, intentionally growing a unique personal brand and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive. If you're new to the show, then while you still have your device in your hand, whether you're listening to the audio version or you're on the YouTube version, hit the subscribe button. And if you're on YouTube, you get the double hit where you can hit the like button too. I'll wait. If you're a regular listener, then consider sharing this show with just one person. It's the very best way you can help the show grow and help me reach more people. And like I said, if you're watching on YouTube, a reminder, a subscribe will make me smile all day long because the channel's young, it's small, and I notice every single one. And I tell people, hey, I got another subscriber. Anyway, this week I'm speaking to Grace Lancer. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while because... Grace is the yang to my ying. I am a screaming introvert that's worked very hard to build any kind of visibility. Every single step hurts. Grace, I'm not going to tell people what you do. Grace, for the listener who's meeting you for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you do? And then we can go from there. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much, Bob, for having me on the podcast. As you said, the the yin to my yang, the yang to my yin, whichever one, polar opposites. But we uh, both have amazing strengths from being an introvert and being extroverts that we can share with our communities. So I'm Grace and I'm a Brit, but I am now based over in the Middle East in Tel Aviv in Israel because I love the sunshine so much. And I'm a personal branding strategist. So I work with a very targeted audience, which is specifically outspoken extrovert coaches. And my focus is all around teaching them how to build powerful online brands so they can net four-figure clients every single month without ever having to be professional, boring, or corporate. And my specific focus is all around unique selling points. So helping them really position their services as something different in the market to minimize competition and be able to stand out and charge more for their services. So... Let's just jump straight into that. I think one of the hardest things for most entrepreneurs, especially the online entrepreneurs, is the whole question of the niche, the niche, the thing. Because every time you kind of hone that in a little bit, there's this feeling like you're saying no to more people. And so many people struggle with this. Additionally, I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of a personal brand beyond simply, well, people know me. People knowing you is not good enough. People need to know you for a thing. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen by accident. You need to make a decision as to what that thing is. And that is so hard. So we're going to play introvert, extrovert tennis a little bit. But as an introvert, I always think extroverts must find this much easier. I think that's almost guaranteed to be a false assumption. But what's the reality there? 
So there, there is truth in what you're saying there, that extroverts, typically, you know, we don't have as much fear to put ourselves out there. But actually, when I think back to when I started in my business three years ago, I remember a challenge that was set to me from the coaching program that I was in was, we want you to go onto Instagram live. And yes, it's live as opposed to doing a story, but it was go onto Instagram live and do your first live. And I remember being so terrified. Like I was there waiting for, for half an hour plus, like wanting to press the start button and I couldn't bring myself to do it. My heart was pounding. And the difference is that, yes, like while you're an extrovert, or not you personally, but for anyone listening, you know, when, when you're an extrovert and yes, you do naturally have more confidence to put yourself out there, to start that conversation, to just go through it without thinking about it too much. The, 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 the thing is, when you come from being employed to starting your own business, it's, to, it's a totally different situation. And like for me, like for everyone, when you start in your business, you're starting as a junior, you're starting from scratch. And with that comes not the lack of confidence in yourself, but the lack of confidence in what you do and knowing about what you do, which is where I struggled and where I know other extroverts struggle as well, that you can have all this confidence in your social circle and be the social butterfly and like, you know, be the chatty one. But when you're at the beginning of your business, it's not so easy. And that does that does improve over time. Naturally, as you become more confident in your services, in what you're chatting about, in how you're helping your clients and also seeing your clients get those results. But yeah, and, and the other thing to note as well is with extroverts that I think is actually similar with introverts, but it's so easy. You have these big visions of what you want to do. And it's like, how do I know what to implement first? How do I know what to prioritize? I want to do everything at once because like, I'm just this, you know, really like a, you know, this is person with these these big visions. Um, again, I know that that's, that is the case with extroverts. I'm not saying it's not the case with introverts, but this is also a thing is just knowing, having all your big visions and knowing like, or not knowing what to actually prioritize and not, as somebody that likes to talk a lot, extroverts typically, not having that sounding board to, you know, having a sounding board to like run your ideas past and then everything just stays in your head. And that can be a massive challenge for extroverts is, yeah, not having people to actually like run all of the ideas past to know like how Mm. to take the strategic action in a way that actually yields results. I see what you mean. I had never considered that aspect of it, that extroverts need other people to participate in their stuff whereas an introvert we really don't that's really interesting yeah i think the aspect that i guess i was thinking about initially was when you are employed or you're used to doing business in a a local community so you're a local business provider and you decide okay i want to grow online instead of the traditional way of business networking the problem with the traditional way of doing business in a local physical community is it's really difficult to specialize because if you are, let's say, a copywriter or a coach, you can't really specialize too much because the truth is there's not enough people to really sustain much specialization. Mm -hmm. But when you go online, the math is completely different. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a local community, somebody says, will you walk my dog as a coach? You'll say, yeah, okay, I'll walk your dog. Online, you don't have to do that. It pays to be the specialist, but there's a mental shift that people need to get through in order to say, okay, yes, I'm going to begin this niching journey. 
But every time you step towards that, I think a lot of the time panic sets in because, but, but all these people here, they're going to say no. How do you help people accelerate that process? For a lot of people, it happens organically, usually over a very long period of time. And that's fine. But what if you don't want to spend five years finding your thing? How do you help people towards this USP and get to know, I guess, in that much more quickly? It's a really great question because I remember the fear that I had around niching down too much as well when I started out in my journey. And it's what a lot of my clients say to me now and people online as well. You know, I don't want to niche down too much because I'm cutting out too much of the market. What if there are not enough people for my services? What's like too much? Like, um, you know, is there such thing as niching down too much? And also people just saying like, I'm multi-passionate. Like I don't want to just put my skills and qualities into one thing. I want to be able to help loads of people with everything. So there are definitely these challenges that come up. Now, something that I will say that I know for me and my own business, but also I, I tell my clients this is marketing. You have to market to a specific audience to become known as something, become known as the person in that niche. It doesn't mean that by niching down to a specific target audience with specific services, that people outside of that target audience won't come to you. And you'll laugh, actually, because obviously I market to outspoken extrovert coaches. And when I ran a ran a 30-day accelerator a couple of months ago, I had introverts want to join the program. And, the, and that's a perfect example here is the introverts were not um, the introverts were not relating to my marketing message that says, are you an outspoken extrovert coach? But it was, I help you, this program is helping you package up and brand like your full figure offer and define your USP so you can really stand out and create a full full figure offer that's ready for, for market. And it was the part of the solution I was selling that my services that is what they really resonated with. And so when we look at actually niching down or this term that I call hyper niching, there are three different areas that you can actually go as wide or specific as you want. And that's your target audience, the promise of your services, and then also the desired outcome. And some people go really hard on the target audience to make it very specific like me. Outspoken extrovert coaches is a very specific niche. Other people like to keep their target audience more broad, but what they actually help with is more specific. You know, their, their services that they offer are more specific. So there are all these, there are not all these, there are three different areas of your niche that allow you to go broad or specific. And so I say to people, my, my advice is always the more specific with all three, you can get the better because this is when you become known as that person. And yes, you are potentially cutting out more of the market, but the whole point is that when that the whole jack of all trades, master of none. And if if you are targeting a wide market, then people won't, with wide services, people won't see you necessarily as the expert in that thing. You want to become known as the one expert. And as I said, you'll find anyway that people outside of that target audience will start coming to you if it's your services that they want. I think. A, a way that I often describe this to people is your content is really a beacon that you're setting out in the world that yeah. if you, if you don't have content going out, nobody's going to see you. So you need to set this beacon out in the world and you need to power it with content and it's going to transmit on a particular frequency. And the tighter that frequency is, the more it's going to attract that specific person. 
But then there's also a halo effect of there are other people who are not the target audience. But because you're transmitting so powerfully on such a specific frequency, they notice it too and they go, hey, what's happening over there? That looks really cool. I want some too. So you often find when you go into a niche really confidently and powerfully, actually everything works better with the people who aren't your niche as well. It's, it, there's a bizarre contradiction there that the more niche you are, yes, you'll attract that niche more, but you will also attract other people much more than you were previously as well, which is a peculiar thing. Absolutely. And it does require a bit of courage to try it out. A question, I guess, that a lot of people will probably ask is niching sometimes, there's two, two ways niching can come about. It can come about because you are just genuinely the very best, genuinely the very best person in the world at that one peculiar thing. But then the other way is it can feel quite arbitrary. I'm going to be the world's expert in left-handed golf, let's say. I just made that up. The only reason I picked left-handed golf is because it's a niche. It can still work. For me, there's the question of passion comes into it. I'm not going to tell the story because I'll get in trouble because the guy I was going to use as an example knows me and he often listens and I'll get in trouble. But I think when you're niching, some people, what you're motivated by also comes into it. So the person I have in mind has niched into a market where there's lots and lots of money. That's why he chose it. Then there are other people who will niche for passion. And then there are other people who will niche for impact because they want to change the world, let's say. How do you help people navigate through that formula of money, passion, impact, all the other variables that come into choosing who they're going to be in the world or who they're going to be for the world? I like that. Have you heard of the Ikigai concept, the Japanese yeah. Ikigai? So it's very similar. So Something that I believe anyway is, yes, you have to choose a profitable niche, a profitable niche being finding people who are actually going to pay the rates that you want. But I truly believe that when you build such a powerful brand that shows off what you do, that you have this ultimate passion for your services, and that comes across in the way you market yourself online, and you are also able to deliver these transformational results that your clients want, the money then comes after. And you, you hear of so many people who chase a business idea because they really want to be rich. And then a few months down the line, you know, it's like, oh, where's this person gone? Because if you want a long-term sustainable business, you have to have a passion for what you do. You have to love what you do. And when you're self-employed, there are always days, maybe even weeks, where you're not getting leads, where you're not getting inquiries, where you're not getting new clients. And what I say is you have to do something that you love so much that even in those on those days and during those weeks where you're not getting paid, where you're not getting interest, you have to still have so much passion to show up with your message and deliver it to the people who need to hear it. And if you don't have that passion when you're not getting the validation of sales and money coming in, then it's not something that you should pursue. But if you do, if you love what you do so much, and even in those weeks, you're like, honestly, I just love showing up with this message and sharing it and building relationships. And even in this interim, 
you know, I, I, not like I don't mind that I'm not getting paid, but you know, you're like, it's fine because like, I just love what I do. That's when you know you've chosen the right thing. And as I said, and as I will repeat, I believe when you reach that level, the money comes because naturally, like you attract opportunities when people can hear and see that you you just love what you do so much. Like passion counts for so much. I did a post on this only a few weeks ago, actually, that, you know, your passion for what you do really counts for so much for people. That's when people start to believe you as well. Like, wow, this person's really onto something. Like clearly, you know, I need to be listening to this person because like they speak about this with such enthusiasm that I can't ignore it. And that's when you get this interest. That's when you grow your following. I think what's really interesting listening to that is you have to do the work to find out what the thing is. Mm -hmm. What is it that lights you up is something that I often ask clients. And once you can get to that, something interesting happens. Suddenly you'll give yourself permission to take risks that you didn't take before. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where we need to go next, which is as, as as an introvert or as an extrovert, when you put yourself out there, you're taking a risk. But if it's a risk worth taking, then it's just much easier. And I think this is where discovering what is the brand, the personal brand, that you feel authentically reflects you. I hate the word authentic. But when there's a clear alignment with who you feel you want to be for the world, and you've discovered that, and you can constant, confidently then invest in the discomfort that it will often require to show up in the world, everything gets easier. Assuming you found that, let's talk about what you have sort of described as being unashamedly you or intentionally polarizing or opinionated. Essentially, if you want to get noticed, you're going to have to stand out in some shape or form. You can't simply be doing the same marketing, but different. How do you help people identify, okay, this, these are the messages that I need to be concentrating on. This is who I need to be to the world. And then turn the gas on. Mm-hmm. So there's two as- aspects. So first of all, personal branding is still this very fluffy term that a lot of people don't really understand. When you're in the personal branding sector, or even if you're in the business sector, you do. But for outside people, a lot of people still don't know this. So when you're building your brand online and you're creating your content, you need to have content ultimately that really connects with your ideal client. So that is speaking about whatever you're trying to monetize, whatever you are monetizing. So speaking about the business side of that, helping them, highlighting mistakes they're making, busting myths, educating them, this kind of thing. But then also you want your personal side to come into it. So this is content that shows off your purpose, your mission, your values, your journey, like what have you overcome? What have your struggles and hurdles been? And then also just generally your personality and, you know, showing off things that you have a strong opinion on outside of business, because this is all part of what makes up you as a person. And when we think about personal branding, it's literally the way that you brand yourself. It's the way that people perceive you and the way that people feel when they interact with your brand. And so all of this, this variety of content creates this, it's not even an image, but like the image that people like see of you when they see your online persona. And so I always encourage my clients to, yes, they need to have a strong opinion. And that's not specific to being 
an outspoken extrovert. It's for anybody. Introverts have opinions as well. Like everybody has an opinion and it's about having the confidence to voice that opinion because if you are a, if you're somebody that doesn't like to rock the bow and you think, you know, I'll just play it safe, that might be what your ideal client wants, but ultimately it's more difficult for you to get noticed in an increasingly saturated market if your content is not offering some like some viewpoint where you know you're calling out like bad practices in your industry you're calling out things that you don't agree with you're just sharing a bold opinion that always you know is a talking point amongst society these are the kind of things that get you noticed and so I encourage my clients you know whatever that is and I say to people if you have the fear to do this because I understand that I'm at a point where it comes naturally to me but I do understand and, and remember when you're at the beginning of your journey it feels less comfortable is I say Go and look through some of your competitors' content and find something that you don't agree with, you know, just something that they've said and you think, I don't really agree with that, and create a post explaining why you don't agree with it. And that's how you start small if you don't know where, you know, what what, what do I, where do I start to even create polarizing content? Look, scroll through your social media and just find an opinion on something that you don't agree with and just create a post that gives an opposing view. So... When I was brought up, I was told, if you don't have enough something nice to say, shut up. And it's kind of something that I've always lived by. But polarization is a very powerful marketing tactic. And you see it everywhere when you actually understand what you're looking for. But it's very rare. I mean, you see it everywhere, but not that many people are employing it. Mm -hmm. It Tells you something important. Those people who are employing it are being seen. Mm -hmm. Now... I guess my question is, or what I'd like to discuss, is how do we fix this if you don't have anything nice to say, shut up? Take, the, take, take a competitor, for example. You've spotted something that a competitor has posted on social media. Let's say a, a bro marketer has said, anybody that's not selling six-figure clients at least once a day is a loser. Let's just say somebody's posted that. And you know, that's garbage. Instinctively, I want to say, well, I have nothing nice to say. Anything that I say that is critical of this individual is just going to make me look bad for being negative. Discuss. So polarizing content and being controversial is not necessarily about, but, well, it's not, it's not even necessarily, it's not about bad-mouthing people or, or calling individuals out, but it's about giving an opinion based on something that you've seen. And so... In that particular example, you know, someone said, if you're not signing six-figure clients every day, then you're a loser. Great example. (laughs) Love the wording. Then it's like, the other day, you know, I saw someone say, if you're not signing six-figure clients, you're a loser. And here's why I disagree with that. It's, you're not, you're not calling someone out specifically saying, oh, I saw Steve, someone from London say this, you know, so everyone goes and gives him like, you know, hate, hate mail. You're not targeting people specifically, but you're seeing things and giving a polarizing opinion. And an example that I did recently with a a post on LinkedIn that went viral, and I knew it would go viral because I know that it's something that people love to give their opinion on. And for me, it's that I'm, my age is irrelevant, but it's that I'm 33 years old and I don't want children. And 
I, I did a similar post six months ago and it also went viral and kicked off because I know that even though this is how I feel and it's literally like how I am and my my belief and my vision for myself, I know that it's a talking point that everybody wants to give their opinion on. And so I knew posting mm. that, that the post that was going to blow up and it did, it got like almost 400 likes, it got over, you know, 400 comments and counting like on the, on the post. And so it's also about that, like thinking, do you have opinions that you know because that uh, that opinion about wanting children I wouldn't even necessarily call it controversial but it's 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 an opinion that you know people have very strong opinions on people are either one way or the other think about that for whether it's a business topic or a personal topic is there something where you know it's going to cause a divide a divide not not in a not not in a bad way not in a in a negative way but just as a topic of conversation to provoke a debate. So that's also what I say there is to go for those kind of topics. So instinctively, and I think instinct is often a problem and a lot of people operate on instinct, which is why I'm saying instinctively. As professionals, we need to try and move beyond instinct and become a little bit more tactical. But instinctively, I look at that topic and I think it has, it's not something, let, let's, let's turn it around, we'll take a male version of something similar same thing actually let's just say it's the same thing i post as a male i never want to have kids for whatever reason it feels again instinctively this has nothing to do with my niche my personal brand however algorithm's gonna like it so how are you guiding that decision as to whether this is a relevant is relevance important even Sorry, cut out a little bit there. So okay. it's it's also a great question because there is this balance of how much of your content is business focused and how much is personal focused. Now, I didn't actually, I knew the post would blow up, but it's part of my brand to, to discuss this because it's a topic that I'm passionate about. And for me, the reason why I wanted to discuss it is one of my core values is all of or core values, some of my core values, are, yes, the authenticity, the, the one that we we don't like, um, the, the words, but also honesty. I believe in honesty and I believe in transparency. And also my ideal client, although I have many people coming to me to work with me who don't fit this bit, but my ideal client is somebody who is single, who doesn't have children, who doesn't have responsibilities. And it's not to say that they don't want children. That's not my ideal client. But based on where I'm at in my life, my ideal clients are people who are motivated by a desire to have a freedom-filled life, to be able to travel the world as I'm doing. And so that's where, for me, it comes into part of my brand is that my ideal client is somebody who, whether they want children or not, they are somebody who does not have children currently. And so it's value-led content is also very important. So leading with your values to attract in the right people to your business and also to repel the wrong people. There were so many people that commented on that post saying, so many women saying, like, I, I also don't want children. I made this decision. You know, me and my husband have been married for 10, 15 years and we don't want children. And like, you know, I feel so good that you're speaking out about this. And that's the thing about being seen as the leader of like your, your tribe or your community is that you have the confidence to voice opinions on things that you're 
following don't you have the confidence to do I have people coming to me in the DM saying you know I didn't feel confident to share this like on the post but like you know here's my experience and someone else on the post saying like I've been wanting to to share a message like this but I haven't and I said well now's your chance to and she was like yeah maybe I will so it's about whatever the opinion is it's showing that you have that confidence to say things that other people don't yet have the confidence to and that's when people look up to you and see you as this leader who really is like paving the way and giving them the confidence to to stand up for the things that they believe in as well. That makes a lot of sense. I think most people, when it comes to content, worry about other people's reactions. And I think at a superficial level, that's perfectly understandable. You spoke about the magnetic effect of content. And I think there's an important aspect to this. When you look at the principle of magnetism, there are two polarities. We've spoken about polarization. If you want to attract, you have to celebrate pushing others away. Yeah. There is no attraction without the equal and opposite reaction. And what I love about the way that you describe this is if you can attract anyone you want, wouldn't it be nice if they were exactly the right person? And the only way that you can attract exactly the right person is by, let, let's just talk about wavelength or frequency, somebody who's vibing with you. You have to put out something that's actually aligned with who you are. Tacticals, tactics don't really help you with that. Surfacing who you are, doing the, the inner work, a bit of personal development to understand who you are, what matters to you. You spoke about core values. This is the work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig into some stereotypes here again, but intro, intro, extroverts by introverts are often thought not to be the most thoughtful people in the world. They often shoot from the hip and fly by the seat of their pants. I know this is not true, but these are stereotypes. And there's always some truth in stereotypes. How do you work with these people who are often quite, I'm going to say dynamic and action orientated to help pull them back and say, hold on, we need to maybe go inside before we start pushing out. So do you mean this You're in terms of... Is, is there such thing as too much polarity and too much controversy? No, what I mean is, in order to be able to go out authentically, you need to understand authentically who you are. And a lot of people have never really spent the time reflecting on, well, who am I? What does matter to me? If I can be anyone, do anyone, wouldn't it be nice if that was who I actually wanted to be? That takes a bit of personal development sometimes to work through. Mm-hmm. How do you help people sit still and actually do that work? That's a great question. So part of my coaching when we, with all of my clients, whether it's one-to-one or in the group, the first module, the first sort of things that we look at are actually defining, you know, your purpose, your mission, your values, and what's your bigger vision. And these are the core things that actually help to guide you through your business and also through your life is helping them to actually get the clarity on like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Why is it so important to you? Why are you so passionate about doing this specific thing in your business that you are doing? What are your values? And also I ask them like, how can you tangibly, you know, infuse all of these values that you said are really important to you? How can you tangibly infuse these and weave these into your business, into your offers, into your online presence? Now, I haven't when I think about it like worked with anyone where they specifically said like I just don't know who I am I I haven't worked with clients like that 
people that I've worked with have a very good idea of where they're heading and again not necessarily specific to extroverts introverts could could be the same but with the people I work with you know they have an idea they have a vision of where they're going towards and what they want but it's just trouble with that execution the, the implementation and taking the action but when they come to me yeah it is about getting clarity like getting from out of their head onto paper or a laptop those core bits at the beginning of who they really are you know what is what is your brand personality as well? Looking at individual ad- adjectives. And I ask them, like, how do you want to be perceived by your audience? How do you even perceive yourself? And that can sometimes in itself be a difficult question to answer because sometimes, well, people perceive themselves in, in one way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're perceived by others in that way. And something when I was recording a module for my one of my trainings recently, I asked that question. I said, how do you perceive yourself? You know, how would you describe yourself? And if you don't know, go and ask someone who does know you well, like a friend, a family member, someone who knows you well, and ask them, like, how would you describe me? What are some of my core strengths? What are some things that you really love about me and value about me? Because it's that very interesting perspective of sometimes we perceive ourselves in such a way that other but other people don't perceive us in that way or things that we think we're not good at other people might think we are good at vice versa so getting that outsider objective perspective can also give people really great clarity on who they are as a person and at least the person that they put themselves across as yeah assuming that all that work is done you kind of you know what you're about and i think a lot of people who are coming with existing businesses, they've kind of got that locked in to an extent. What they don't have is the vehicle for expression or the content plan, or how do I express myself? How do you help people move from, and your own content does this really well. If anybody wants a masterclass on self-expression, follow Grace anywhere. It's really, really good. But how do you take people from not being consistent content creators to regularly showing up and everything that happens has to happen in between from idea capture through to scheduling? Wow. I feel like this is giving away my whole coaching program, not giving away, explaining my whole coaching program. We've only got 10 minutes. (laughs) So from the consistent content perspective, so actually I I literally again wrote a post on this recently about my biggest hack to creating, always having content ideas. So the first part before we go into like the the personality and the more personal stuff is just knowing your ideal client really well, knowing exactly what they're struggling with, what their specific goals are, what kind of support they're looking for, their pain points and struggles, and also how those pain points and struggles are showing up for them on a daily basis. And what I work with all of my clients on when we begin working together is they go out there and do market research. As I, as I say to everybody in business, facts win and guesswork fails. So if you're trying to get through your business, like guessing at the moment, then it, it's a recipe for failure. Go out there and speak directly with your target audience. And then I always advise them, as I do in my own business, you create content based around the feedback that you get from your market research, because these are things that your ideal client i.e. the people buying from you have told you they're struggling with, they need help with right now. And so what your content is doing, part of your content, because there's the variety of all these different kinds of content, but part of what your content is doing is being a solution for these people. And 
a lot of people say to me, especially at the beginning of their journey, like, I'm so scared to give away so much free stuff in my content. What if they take it all and, and figure it all out themselves and, you know, don't need my help? The fact is, I also had this same fear for a long time. Without accountability, most people will not take action. You could literally give them a book of this is what you need to do to have a successful business and they won't read it. You're literally putting it in front of them and they're like, I can't be bothered to read it. People want high level strategic expertise, you know, an expert help from people who are an expert and they want the accountability. Most people don't take um, action because they don't have that person pushing them outside of their comfort zone. And they also usually don't have, they are unable to break down in their head and prioritize their plan that will move them forward. And so they have all of the overwhelm around how to effectively map out all of their steps and and follow a, a logical route to get to their point B. So I went off topic there, but first of all, that's what I say for creating content consistently is about knowing your ideal client. And my one cheat hack here that I said the other day is make it a goal to just have one conversation in the DMs with one ideal client every day to ask them, what are they, what are they struggling with? How is that struggle showing up for them? What would they like instead? What have they tried already? And what are their specific goals in this area? And that literally gives you all the information you need to be able to create your next post. And if you do that one conversation every day, you're creating seven posts a week. Then within that, there's different formats of content. You know, are you doing it purely educational? Are you doing an inspirational story? Are you doing an aspirational post, like an A to B transformation? Is it about your brand story? Is it, you know, a a, a video? Is it a funny, you know, you're, you're a meme or reels or something like that? So there's all the different formats, but to get the content, that's that's what you want to do. And then from the perspective of it, putting in your personality, My biggest trick here, because I had someone say to me, for anyone listening, if you resonate as well, she said, I'm such a social butterfly. I'm a big extrovert. I go out with my friends. Like I'm the, I'm the social butterfly of the group. And when it comes to writing my content, I feel like I've swallowed a textbook. And I loved, I loved what she said. I thought it was, you know, we we had a laugh about it, but essentially what I say to people is if you're struggling to put in your personality, which when you're sitting at a laptop, it's difficult to do. You're forcing your brain to try and come up with ideas. I say, get away from your laptop, get yourself into a creative headspace, whether that's going for a walk, doing yoga, doing meditation, whatever whatever it is, and take out your phone and dictate what you want to say. Because what that means is you're not forcing it and writing it and going, well, this is how it would sound in a textbook. You're literally speaking it how you want to say it. And so that itself injects personality because when you speak, you're just writing like you talk, you know, when, so dictate it and then come back to it for any final tweaks, but that will make it seem so much more like you because it's more conversational in the way that you actually talk rather than forcing yourself to write perhaps in a more like corporate or professional tone. It's really interesting listening to you there. I think what you described there is that essentially different people have different modes of creativity that some people like they just need to dictate other people. They're perfectly fine with just writing. They've got, they can bring real character into the written word very easily. Other people, they need an outline, a bullet list, and then they'll turn a bullet list. Other people mind map. Other people will use sticky notes and some people use notebooks and you see the same thing in any kind of, artistic world if you walk into any art college 
Some people are naturally sculptors. Some people are naturally sketchers. Some people find textiles work better for them. You need to find the mode of expression that works for you, but there is one for everybody and you'll only find it through experimentation. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really nicely put. Thank you. Chris, I am very aware of your time. I think you mentioned you had something like in five minutes, so I better nip on a little bit. I've had so much fun. I think, like I mentioned at the beginning, you are very much the yin to my yang. Mm -hmm. We have so much in common. I have so many ideas popping off in my head. It's scary. So we're going to have to do this again. For the guest or the listener, rather, who's meeting you for the first time, how can they connect with you? How can they go deeper if they want to? Where can they find you? Yeah, come and say hi. So first of all, thank you for listening. And I hope you really enjoyed the podcast. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. And my handle is at Grace Lancer Coaching or also on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on Grace Lancer with a little emoji of a unicorn after my name. Yeah, you have the unicorns everywhere. And I think for you, they kind of make sense. So, so Grace, for the listener at home, before I disappear, what is one thing you do now that you wish had started five years ago? So I really believe that everything happens for a reason. So actually my answer to this was is, is not necessarily the best, but it's just about wishing that I would have started sooner. And as I said, it's the whole, I, everything that I've done in my life has brought me to this moment today. But when I got back from traveling in, in 2014, I wanted straight away to like get a not necessarily get a job where I could travel the world. And instead I went four years into a, into a job that for the last two years I didn't really like. So I wish I would have had a plan and known about what I could have done sooner. But then having said that, maybe I wouldn't have achieved what I have today without it. But for anybody it is that advice from my advice is just to don't delay and start today. <laughs> I think that's really good advice. I think a lot of people when they're looking at making a change, what they actually see is a step backwards. And sometimes that step backwards is just worth it. Mm -hmm. Because if you are employed and you want to go out on your own, there's going to be compromises, but they are worth it. Grace, you have been a great guest. I have had the best time. Thank you so much for your time. And I will see you again soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun.